give a fuck. Clouds, apples, biscuits, religion. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Desk, migration, films of the 1930s. Spending your money. Shoes, scented candles. Welcome to this episode of Two Fooks. Where we discuss what to give a fook about fook. in your busy lives, rating it from 1 to 10 on the fook score. I'm Marius, and as usual, right next to me is... Ow! Hi! Good morning! Good morning! Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. As the line from The Truman Show said... The Truman Show, that's a good movie. It's a really good movie. That's some Jim Carrey love right there. Thank you very much. Oh. No, that's... That's from uh, Man on the Moon. Yeah. Oh, also, also a, good, a good, movie. good movie. Also Jim Carrey. Also Jim Carrey. We like Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. If no one has been watching... And funnily enough, I thought of that because we were just talking uh, about uh, the first Days of Endura film as well. Also an amazing film. First and second. Very funny. Very funny. Very, very funny. How are you this fine autumn morning? I'm sir? good, sir. Are you? Yeah. That is good. It's bright. It's a little chill. There's a little there's a little chill in the air. I'm the, speaking a bit colors. loud. And the colours. And the colours. Oh booyakush. So bright. So radiant. Those fall colours. <laughs> Not a depressing fall. No. Oh, fall fall. colours. Fall colours. You say fall or you say autumn? I say autumn. autumn. English people say autumn. Not fall. America say fall. Yeah. They can say it all they want. Yeah. I say autumn. 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 Hust. 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 I went to a wonderful Hust market a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. out at Hoa Gamle Prestegård. <sighs> Uh, which is a lovely place out by the sea, near where we live here in Western Stavanger, Norway. And um, they had all good, wonderful crops from the local farms. Fruits and vegetables and... Oh, it was amazing. Hmm. Absolutely amazing. So autumn, harvest time, <coughs> lest we forget uh, that it is a, a crucial time for farming industry i sound like i'm sort of making some sort of uh, economic presentation (laughs) but it's when obviously the farming cycles have done their harvests they till the fields and do them ready for winter animals are coming indoors it's a crucial time of rest and resuscitation not resuscitation the bears start to uh, get ready for the winter yeah bears start (laughs) to get ready for the winter (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Climbing into their holes. Yeah. Yeah. Lighting fires. Did they do, do Have they learned to do that yet? I'm not sure. They'll do that in about another 30,000 years. Yeah. But polar bears, they don't go to sleep, do they? I don't know if polar bears hibernate in the same way. I think they do make sort of... They thrive. Maybe they do it in the summer. Maybe they're... Yeah. Maybe Hot time. Summer in the city. I'm a polar bear and I'm feeling... <laughs> I'm not going to swear. Did it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Boop. <laughs> um, we're here. We are here. In the Two Fuchs HQ. Oh, it's We've a, got the... people buying our Two Fuchs mugs and sending us... Money. <laughs> Happy pictures. 
That is amazing. Yeah. So we've got two Fuchs mugs now in Portugal. Yep. And several in Stavanger. Mm-hmm. We've got one that then might be taken up to North Norway, uh, yeah, which yeah, yeah. is super cool. Super cool. And we are very grateful. We have our own mugs. We are happy about those mugs. And... Oh, I tell you what. It's the most wonderful <laughs> mugs of the year. Didn't Let's pick this up. Apropos a topic we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Ooh, yeah. We talked about self-service checkouts. Mm-hmm. And, and we said we're going to send them an email. Yeah, we did. And no, you wrote to me to we say... We didn't send them. You No, absolutely. Yeah, I sent them. Yeah. Marius, you sent co-op an email. Uh about the notion of self-service checkouts and whether they were um, <laughs> excuse me, Bless a you. fully considered part of the development of the company. And this is something that we had kind of got out when we were talking was um, if the agenda for companies to change to self-service checkouts is already implemented to save regular staff time to do other things, do the supermarkets then have complete redesigns already factored into their sort of five-year, 10-year, 20-year development to almost like the shopping experience that comes next? And I think that's what's unclear from a public perspective. We can get on board with them or not, but at the moment there's both available and for the customer... It's a bit of an unclear situation. So we wanted to write and sort of ask and find out what that was. So have you got that in front of Oh my goodness me, that's a long answer. Yeah. Or is that your... That's that's their response. Whoa. Can you say what you said to them? Uh, is this in Norwegian? It's in Norwegian. This is excellent. So all you... You're going to have to switch this up one way or the other language-wise. Or just do it on in Norwegian. Um, and we can interpret. I just, I just told them we're doing a podcast where we discuss different topics every mm-hmm. week or mm-hmm. in every episode. Uh, and in our upcoming episode, we talk about the self-service checkout. And I wanted to ask you guys what's the main thought about the whole the whole uh, project with the self checkout mm. because there hasn't like we talked about there's no clear messages from them saying this is why we're doing it mm. and what's your main thought about the whole idea um, this year Starting June 1st, all of the grocery stores are responsible for doing all of the um, products placements themselves. Right. Is this part of the answer that you've got? Yeah. Okay, so now you're giving part yeah. of the answer. <clears throat> I'm intrigued how they kicked it off or how we kicked no, it that's, off. Is it that's, a he or a she? This is Elizabeth. Elizabeth, okay. Elizabeth. <laughs> and how did no. she start it? Um, she's saying hi and thank you for your um, email Mm. Uh, the main reason we have installed self-service checkout in in many of our stores is so our customers can go 
quicker through the store and don't have to stand in line. Hmm. It will be a more effective shopping experience, especially for those with fewer products, which I agree. Hmm. Of the 1,200 grocery stores, they have 374 stores with these uh, self-checkout lines or self-checkout registers. Four stores have only the um, self-checkout. That's four stores in Oslo. Mm -hmm. Um, The rest of the uh, 370 stores have both ordinary checkout Mm -hmm. and the Mm. self-checkout. And they provided us with some statistics. Mm -hmm. In these stores, there's an average of 35% of the customers in the self-checkout. And in some of the stores, uh, there are actually over 50% of the customers using the self-checkout. So, back to the start. The, back to the where I started. Mm. Uh, starting June first, um, all of the grocery stores have the responsibility yeah. to do all of the product placements. So then, the members of the staff in the store are res- more free to do or responsible for. Yeah. yeah doing other tasks and just sitting in the checkout yeah because earlier some of the suppliers or the suppliers were responsible for coca-cola yeah yeah yeah. tina Mm. or something like that they had their own people making product placements yeah and now they don't okay anymore yep um mm mm-hmm so it's really for those people who want to get into the store, grab what they want, get out as efficient as possible. Mm-hmm. And so the grocery store or the each and every grocery store has their own schedule for... Yeah. No. They well, have uh, more time to do things around the store and not just sitting at the register mm. well i mean first and foremost i think we can uh thank elizabeth? co-op and elizabeth for answering because that shows a good level of engagement with a genuine question from the public mm-hmm. um it's interesting that we can then um perhaps get a bit of an insight into the uh, possibly the planning with reorganizing how they want to have the staff working that's obviously a factor because then if there's a change in how the staff are responsible for the store instead of suppliers there's a clear perhaps division of labor between suppliers that want to do things differently and the stores or co-op as a whole and how they manage their staff they want to be more hands-on need to be more hands-on yeah um which is interesting um <clears throat> i st- uh, um, 
I still feel that there's a bit of lack of clarity as to the fact when there is both self-checkout and the regular till as to how customers are meant to conduct themselves without having adequate information yeah as to what might be best for them and what might suit their needs true um but so you would like to see more clarity in the store still a little bit more of that communication yeah as to what we as different types of shoppers like just should be just a sign saying it's not like it's quick go here yeah if you want to get out quicker this might be yeah like and i think this is the same as in england like if it says sort of if you got five items or ten items or less go here in an express casa i feel that we're into an age where perhaps that kind of text-based information-based signage doesn't really register in the same way uh, so I still think there'll there'll need to be a different kind of guidance for customers as this process goes along yeah. to make it work as efficiently as they want it to. Yeah. Um, and there is also the uh, human error factor when the self-service checkout happens to be open to a bumbling father with two small children, one of which wants to help by picking the box of eggs up and putting it on the self-service checkout and drops eggs, which happened to me two days ago. Really? <laughs> so then the guy who was sitting behind the casa, not doing anything, bless because him, you, had to get out from behind his station as people started coming to the regular checkout to come and clean up <laughs> the egg in the self-service because... We lost an egg on the floor. Yeah. So human error will always complicate this process. Yeah. But I'm really happy that co-op could respond and we can perhaps plan accordingly and communicate as a public mm-hmm. as to how we help one another as a public as to how that might be better. Because that's a crucial thing too. These big um, people logistic systems in public spaces need to have us as members of the public on side because essentially we'll be helping one another. So if I know how it works, I can tell you when you come and you've got one pineapple and a black t-shirt and some (laughs) vegan milk and you're going to stand in the queue with people with massive shopping baskets and I say to you, oh, did you know you can go to the self-service one? It's quicker. It's so faster. Yeah, you can do that. Oh, really, can I? Yeah, so I have... I have been positive for the brand because I see that it can help me as a shopper. Represent. Yeah. And that's a crucial thing for these big brands. Yeah. Um, They have to have the public on side. Yeah. Otherwise it doesn't work. Can't just be cheap and simple because then the customer doesn't feel like they're part of the process. True. But brilliant. Good job, man. I hope you feel satisfied with that. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good job. Thanks, Coop. <laughs> Thanks, Coop. Instead of Snoop. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe Snoop Dogg wants to come and do a remix. I heard, I heard Snoop Dogg was booked for an end of season uh, big sports event at a big high school in the States. And every year they book like rap artists or urban artists. And they booked what they were hoping to be a clean show. Mm-hmm. And Snoop turned up and did a full unclean show. 
complete with pole dancers and strippers. Interesting. I want to go to that school. <laughs> I think the... Uh, no wonder schools in America are so expensive. <laughs> I think people were a little surprised. So if if Snoop come and did some branding for uh, Coop, Coop, it might go through the roof. <laughs> they might be a bit, um, bit popular. Yeah. Self-checkout rap from Snoop. Self-checkout rap from Snoop. Oh, that would get people using the (laughs) self-checkout. My God. That's some branding. That would be funny. Right, speaking of... Can we say... Maybe we need to hire hire Snoop Dogg for... Uh, No, we just imitate it. It's way cheaper. Okay, yeah, true. Um, We sold some mugs though, so we could probably hire him now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, would you like to drop it like it's hot? Drop the, it like it's folk. Drop it like it's folk. Folk it like it's hot. Folk it like it's hot. Folk it like it's hot. Uh, kicking off our fooking for the week. Of which we've rambled now for a while, but anybody listening to this podcast knows damn well there's going to be rambling par excellence. Bing! Yeah. Damn, that's not swearing. Okay. You can't You can't ping my damn. <laughs> ping me damn. Don't ping me damn, madame. <laughs> First, so whilst Marius takes this moment out of his busy life to uh, visit the facilities, I can use this opportunity of solitude or aloneness to open up the topic which I will be talking about later. Now, Marius doesn't know this because we never present the topics in advance, so he will do his topic and then I will latterly present this topic of solitude and the reason for that is because I believe that solitude and time alone is something we're losing out on and it's something that we need to grip and embrace and through that we're able to actually find some of the things that we really care about and the things that really mean a lot to us so as you're listening to this maybe you have that solitude and I encourage you to make some more time for it uh, following this podcast um, and in amongst your busy life uh, it's it's a rare thing now quiet time and time alone um, so we need to really yeah make the most of it and as if by magic here comes Marius back into the Fook arena uh, as though he were a Roman gladiator of Fook with his Fook armor and uh, Fook skills. You've been rambling all the time? Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. You'll never know until oh. you listen back. Which is going to be pretty soon. Ah, but now the listeners in this temporal stream know something you don't. No, because I listened to this before. Ah, but the listeners listening now, you now... Don't know what the listeners know <laughs> now. After they heard you were talking. Yeah. Yeah. But I know... But you don't know. What they know. What they now know. <laughs> In this particular dimension. But they don't know what I know that they don't know. <laughs> or something. <laughs> okay. Lay it on me. Failure. Oh, I am. I'm sorry. You are no. a failure. Okay, failure. Failure. Come on then. When do you fail? When do you 
feel you have failed? Hmm. Is it bad to feel that you have failed? Are these rhetorical or you want me to chime in? I'm just asking questions. Asking questions. Interesting. The first thing that springs to mind is a lovely thing from a Norwegian band, Kings of Convenience. Failure, Failure. is always the best way to learn. Which is true. It's true-ish. True-ish. Let's not get soppy about it. Yeah. They use it in a line for a song. It's not uh, carved in stone. It's not a like rune. <laughs> <laughs> Double rune. Yeah. <laughs> Two rune points. Uh, get that app on your iPod. Pad. God, I'm so out of touch. Um, failure. <clears throat> Crucial. Uh, I th- Did I mention in the last time we talked about the um, philosopher uh, Zlavov Zizek uh, and him, his new book? Um, I might have to look at the title. Uh, but the whole premise for his philosophical stance in his new book is precisely that all advances in evolution and social development um, and intellectual development, species, sexuality, all of these things come from failure. And by which he means from things happening in a way that they maybe hadn't before or in an unexpected way and us as evolving organisms seeing that as a possible way to adapt and some of us pursuing that route and for the ones that it works for like natural selection they are the ones that develop and advance Mm -hmm. in that accidental way and the ones that don't don't develop sure or survive yeah um Failure, I guess, in a more general way, is... Oh, wow, it's... uh, I think it's said as we're growing up as such a sort of a negative connotation thing. Yeah, that's... And I feel that less and less, personally. Yeah, that it's more okay to fail than... The the division lines as to what is failing and succeeding seem like they are... Applied from outside as opposed to judged by one's own sense of personal success or failure. Yeah. Why don't you sort of tell me a little bit about what... My failures. (laughs) Or successes. Or successes. Or what kind of led you to kind of present it as a... Folk topic. topic. I was... Um, I've always like been doing a lot of different things, mm. um, new projects or n- new ideas, new hobbies, and it's either an online store or another project. And mm. when you don't feel like you're getting anywhere with the current project you most people would see it as a failure to give up Mm. and 
that's probably why I brought it up because you've learned something from the whole process. So mm. instead of looking at it as a failure, you should look at it as a learning process and take it with you to the next project. Yeah. And you fail when you stop trying mm. instead of just bringing the feeling of failure to yourself for not continuing it mm. kind of that's a lovely way of describing it i think it feels like it puts it much more in comparison with a natural process yeah um like a <clears throat> what do i want to say a um a, a, a tree or a ice flow or a waterfall doesn't or a river doesn't fail because it goes one direction and decides to grow in another it's it's just responding to its environment yeah and uh, uh, there's this crucial there's a few quotes from a book that are kind of floating in my head which i've been reading which is um some text to do with humanism um and one pointing out the crucial phase of adopt and adapt to do with how we live as humans. Yeah. And that is what nature will do. It will ad adopt characteristics around it and it will adapt. That's how nature goes. And I think that's similar to with the failure um, label on something. And I completely... Um, appreciate what you say about the moving from one project to another um that's something that i have experience with in relation to not trying to overdevelop or overcompensate in one particular thing but to be trying to develop in a range of areas gradually and taking your experience from one putting it into the other coming back to another and judging when the time and you are ready to develop some of the things that you felt you really really want to mm -hmm. but you maybe just look at it and say well i didn't know where to go next yeah that's like the book project i've done or am doing now the written stuff from it is 10 plus years old and I f was banging my head against a wall. So I had to leave it all to one side for years and years because I, I wasn't, I, I didn't know how to develop it. Yeah. It took years of other sorts of work to come back to and go, oh, that's maybe what I can do with it. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, um, there was another quote that was, kind of floating around in my head yeah from that uh, humanism book which is a lovely description of our life journey which is very much about as you say taking the experience of is this working for me is this not working for me what should i do about that and it's a w lovely way of phrasing what life conscious life is and that was in the grand scheme of life as a whole whatever it might be on an infinite scale this is our maiden and only voyage so we are aware 
at the same time that this is our first voyage. So it's prone to mistake, but it's also the only one we're going to have. True. So the idea of failure is only leveled against not actually, you don't know what you're doing. And, and very often no one can tell you that that is right or wrong. There are ways that systems work, like with mathematics or with sounds or with... Uh, Going back to the advice thing? Yeah, for sure, with mechanisms or engineering or physics. There, but is, there will also always be people who would like to give you an opinion hmm. on whether you're doing or whether what you're doing is right or wrong. Hmm. And the, the the way through that is you have to also... You have to learn the rules in order to break them or to adapt them, I think is perhaps a more sympathetic way of saying. Because if you want to take things further, you don't look to necessarily break, but you are looking to reassemble and 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 make useful for you. Um, I wonder how our listeners would deem the ideas of failure. I mean, how do you th- how do we how do we feel we are judged to have failed in our daily busy lives? Is it if we're late for something or if we don't do something properly or is it on a personal level or a family level? There's nothing we can do about it anyway. Mm-hmm. It has happened, so we can't undo it. Just have to do the best we can from what happened and just move on. Hmm. Um, what's the opposite of failure? Winning. <laughs> and if anybody out there in internet land has forgotten Charlie Sheen and his winning <laughs> period, please go back and have a little look. <laughs> that was spectacular. Yes, one year. Go. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. That was so crazy. With the tiger blood thing. I might have to go and have a look at that again. But, I mean, people... Um, what, I mean, where is the bigger failure? <clears throat> Letting down or not fulfilling what others wish or need from you? Or not fulfilling or carrying out what you wish or need from yourself? I mean, is uh, there's perhaps different types of assessing failure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems, like you said, it seems... Um, it's almost like uh, being aware of the idea of failure is a bad habit, we've learned. It's not very helpful to us. The failure? Or Being aware of that idea of failure. You have failed. Oh, I failed. Oh. That's not particularly helpful to me. That feeling that I have failed. But what can you take you from it? You could have done that differently and got something out of that situation. I mean, that's all well and good, except if it's... Uh, yeah, but I mean, you can't... Uh, well, you can take something from the situation... Either way, though, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if something doesn't work, okay, then you have to change it up and try again. And 
you don't I see it as you don't fail until you stop trying. Oh, that's like an Instagram quote, quote in itself. Quote. Crow. Quote. An Instagram crow. Yeah. You don't fail until you stop trying. Be be the best. Be the best. Be the best. <laughs> Hashtag best. Hashtag best. No life. <laughs> Uh, but I, I mean, I agree. I also, I feel I'm touching on a little something in what I'm trying to get to here, which is, I feel that the word and the notion of failure or failing is something outside what we know in ourselves to be the right thing. It is something almost like we learn to think or feel or do. I would never wish someone I know to feel a failure like they have failed. It's so final. It's so, dare I say, biblical. It's like a sentence. You have failed. Yeah, but what have you failed at? But that's what I'm saying. It's a very unhelpful judgment on something. I was listening to... um Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. He talks a lot about failure. Mm. And he always he he also says there's micro failure and macro failure. Mm. So a macro failure would be dying. Dropping an egg. Dying. Oh, a micro failure would be dying. Macro. Oh, macro. Yeah, that would be dying. And micro failure would be if you dropped an egg. Yeah. It's, it it happened. Mm. You can't do nothing about it. Move on. Interesting. Move on. Move on. But I, I'm interested. I might have to go and have a listen and a think about that as to how dying could be deemed a failure. It's just an example. Yeah. But it does make me think that we do talk of things like an engine failure. Yeah. That's something that stops working how it should and needs fixing. Yeah. That doesn't seem to be the kind of failure we associate when we talk about about it personally. In this situation, you have failed or had a failure in order to do it better or for it to work again. You can do this and this and try this and this and this. But I think we learn that idea of failure as being something like... It stopped working. Yeah. And the body stopped working. Yeah, it stopped working. Yeah. You have failed in that particular task. Your body You will never achieve it. (laughs) Again. Again. (laughs) And if you do, and this is the other slightly damaging thing with that notion, it creates a different kind of drive in people. Yeah. Where I will achieve that thing I failed at before. And then the sense of achievement is to combat the notion of failure as opposed to feeling like one has achieved the task for its own sake. Yeah. So I think there's some sort of slightly, sort of slightly complicated associations here. Um, and I think people coming into their 30s and 40s it's also worth talking about the idea of how people feel 
whether they have succeeded or failed in what life is meant to be about, which is also completely ridiculous. And what is life meant to be about? Uh, Yeah, for sure. It is. uh, It's meant to be living the way you want to. Mm. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that question is the question. Yeah. So... Again, a lot of the systems and standards of what life is or should be about are wildly helpful in answering that question. Um, that is an unanswerable question. But the answer... But it's not unanswerable for yourself, but like in... broader spectrum Mm. it's harder to to have like one set answer for everyone yeah it will be different from person poison to poison poison to poison um yeah so (laughs) i i mean to round about back on the thing that i said the quote from the song failure is the best way to learn that's a pretty presumptive statement that you are capable enough to see how to learn from the failure in the first place and not just be demotivated and depressed that you have failed. So I think there's some big personal learning that we all um, can apply to situations where we might have been told that we failed or we feel like we failed in order to say it's okay that was maybe didn't go how I thought it would Um, some people would probably tackle failure different than others as hmm. well not probably they wasn't well this is I mean uh, that relates very much to an article I just read by Nick Cohen in The Guardian about the psychology of um over ambitious um leaders in both business and politics yeah and how they are raised educated and encouraged to pursue goals for their own sense of achievement or success um irrespective of how it affects the people around them um and i think then uh, those kinds of like you say how you perceive whether you can learn something from it i think there's also several types of society and class groups and people who as this article points out do not even realize they are perhaps making errors or failures for other people or even themselves yeah. because their sense of what they're trying to fulfill is exaggerated. Yeah. Um, and if we apply that to people actually harming and hurting other people in the pursuit of their own gains, be they personal or financial or or, or anything else, then um, 
the 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 notion of being able to learn from failure is also perhaps lost or made more complicated um how do we sort of analyze this do how do we say that it, it is failure something we are giving a fook about uh, or is it something we are not giving a fook about do we need to give it more or less and now we have the positive neutral <laughs> and negative the sliding scale, scale. yeah um you shouldn't be afraid of failing but you should also be aware when you fail so you can learn something from it mm -hmm. I want to say that you should give a fook about it so like I said you're more aware of what you can learn from the failure. Hmm. I'm going to give it 8.5. Interesting. So I was instinctively leaning on a slightly lower Fuchs score simply to put it in in the sort of relative light of how one can view everything else that you're doing as the opposite of yeah failure or as constructive growth and seeing failure in the right light um as something that you yourself have to decide what are the conditions on which i failed here um having said that i see your point that it is worth being very aware of and i do have great respect for the experience of other people and learning that has come before in order to do things how they should be done in order to properly do the task um, so that one does not necessarily um, set oneself up for failure but I still, uh, I mean, I've got to be honest about the way I do things and how I approach stuff. So I'm going to say five mm -hmm. because I I would like to believe that we can see how we conduct ourselves in a more self-analytical way prior to making mistakes yeah. that wouldn't avoid us actually feeling that that conventional idea of failure sets its teeth in and does its damage. Yeah. Um, I think it has a place, but it is proportional to everything else. Yeah. So I say five. Say five. I'm going to say embrace your failures. <coughs> failures? Fail you embra uh, embrace your failures. Embrace your failures, learn mm. from them, and move on. Mm. I think it was a good topic. Good food topic. Good food topic. It's relevant. We've kicked it out. And I know that people will be listening and thinking over things that they've done previously and things that are happening in their lives now. And how does that apply? 
we have failed with these microphones several times. We have learned something from it. Yeah. And now hopefully the sound is better. We hope so. And sorry for any loud spikes uh, if I speak enthusiastically at any point. <laughs> um, well, you shouldn't talk enthusiastically. I should never talk. I should just talk in monotone the yeah. whole time and say things like, I'm really excited. I'm deeply depressed. <laughs> I really like apples. And magpies. <laughs> and, and, mag- and magpies. And magpies. And magpies. I do really like magpies. Yeah. Um, the flying penguins. <laughs> um i am going to present a topic now which is not a surprise to our listeners because i told them earlier but it is a surprise to you ah um but it's relevant and i think it's a in a way a kind of a a complementary to what i was doing while you were here alone or well it's uh, therein lies the fact that it is a multi-level topic. Hmm. Hmm. Lay Be- it on me. Because the topic, in order to give a fook about it, is the idea of solitude, otherwise called aloneness. The positive and decisive time that one has for oneself and on on your own, mm-hmm. but it also relates to the environment of solitude, which carries on a little bit from having spoken last week or last podcast about uh, bird song. Um, uh, solitude also suggests a quiet away from the noise of things that can distract us so environmental noise visual noise mental noise and managing gradually to put all of those noisy factors to one side or away from the space we're in and embracing that idea of solitude. The I have a small quote by the writer Paul Tillich and anybody listening who is interested in reading and thought, I recommend to pick up any titles Paul Tillich, he was a theologian, uh, a Christian writer, but one of the writers of modern thought who's perhaps given more attention to the process of thought and feeling and ethics than most others um, of note. And he gave a a very, uh, he he passed on a quote um, or recontextualized a quote saying, Religion is what a man does with his solitude. Um, Or something like that. Uh, Religion is what a man finds in his solitude. So whether that be a religious feeling or whether that is a sense of self or a sense of energy or relaxation, the point being it can only begin to happen when there is the chance for solitude. 
And the reason I raise this to give a fook about is the chance for solitude is something... That's rare. Yeah. And when you actually begin trying to seek solitude, you'll realize how difficult it is to get it. Yeah. Because either you can't get it because of the external factors, or, and this is an interesting one from a human perspective... Because you look the You won't alone. allow yourself it once the prospect occurs. Because once you're in a more neutral, quiet, solitude space, we as animals and as cognitive beings start to fill the void with possibility. Yeah. I could do this i could make this area a little different i could collect more wood for the fire i could make another cup of tea i'm reading this book but what about i could actually finish reading that book i could fold my clothes for tomorrow you fold your clothes every day you you know what i mean (laughs) but but that's what we are almost evolved to do in our more sort of living structures is that just when that prospect of solitude might start to present itself we'll counteract and start thinking how we can use the time efficiently and that also has to be put to one side yeah and only then will the well of self, dare I say, without wanting to use too big language, begin to let in, I don't know, refreshing, revitalizing, thrilling, interesting sounds and ideas and visions of around us which start to make us feel in a very perhaps tender and intimate way um so yeah i'm saying solitude is actually an important thing in any kind of way or in like a quiet like sitting in a dark room by yourself well, tell me how you uh, give me some examples as to what you mean i'm, I'm just curious in like just to be alone by yourself or can it be i think it's more it's not just the being alone by yourself factor it's more the taking a walk without any distractions kind of it's more getting yourself into a place or a frame of mind that you can start to appreciate that There is so much that you can consider and analyze and think about in your own life situation and the life situation around you, which we can learn from and apply to our own lives. Almost like we're a lot more self-sufficient than we allow ourselves time to realize. Yeah. Um. 
it's not only that sort of creature comforts and um, the easy life solutions are around us. I think it's also the mental mechanisms that we use are often just, they're so default, they're so simplified. Yeah. Um, and we have all these huge existential concerns about failure or success or how we treat one another and the world as a whole. But I'm not sure we can really start to tackle or answer those questions properly without giving ourselves the chance to commune with ourselves in quiet as individuals and yeah i don't know soul search i guess yeah a little bit um just getting out of the the routine and do something by yourself yeah yeah we can put it like that Mm -hmm. um and if i want to put it in a really sort of deliberately blunt way no 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 book no headphones maybe try and i don't know i i i think i might stop there and say that each individual will have their way of doing this yeah and i don't want to prescribe it because i'm not a runner some people might find that space in running or they might I think there's a thing that there'll be a vehicle. But sometimes, and I I regret almost saying reading, because I actually think when you read and you take a pause from reading, that's when you start to reflect. Yeah. So if you're a runner, maybe it's the running that gets you to the point where you take a break and your body's functioning on a high level. And then you stop and you perceive the world around you something has got you to that space to be able to consider things from a very personal position. Um, And sometimes people might be able to do that on a busy train or in a bustling cafe. That might be where they can carve out that moment of solitude for themselves. Yeah. Because maybe life at home is busy or challenging or life at work is busy and challenging. And they need a safe place to do that. Where they feel they can be relaxed in some way. And maybe a sense of almost, um, maybe there's a sense of security. Yeah. And uh, um, to a degree, perhaps safety, which is why I want to be careful. I don't say this in the wrong way because perhaps if people's home lives or personal lives are challenging or complex in some ways a a busier social situation or a, like I say a cafe or a, a a town square sitting on a bench or or something or playing a sport that might be the thing that enables you that moment for reflection you could say it's your own safe circle yeah and perhaps what i'm saying is try and be aware as to where that circle exists yeah 
because once in that circle you can begin to build within it um, your own structure of personal meaning you can reflect yeah and think what that means to reflect mm-hmm. on yourself therein lies the great reflection yeah reflection <laughs> i had a recent um solitude day for myself hmm when i went to Prekestolin. Yes. And after I parked my car, put on my backpack, I was, hmm, should I bring a headset or not? So mm. I can like listen to music or podcast on the way up. Mm. Nope. Mm. Just listen to the wind. Mm. Leaves. The leaves. The leaves. And that's good. It was nice. It was a very windy though, so. But that's nice. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, and then yeah, then you associate the wind with that, and you can kind of carry that with you. More the woods and the woods being in the woods. That was something that I was aware of. With uh, I think I mentioned this again with the bird song. With the level of interruption to the sounds of nature we as man have made yeah and it's only once you start listening to the sound of one bird or two crows talking to each other or seagulls or any magpies magpies or the wind or bugs chirping or anything that the levels of communication within the natural world are so fine and complex and that we have the ability to tap into those um and if we can find a way to navigate the ones within the human world we've made i can't imagine the sort of ultra urban soundscapes that some people are living in yeah um but anyway i say Wherever you can start to find that circle of... What did you describe it as? Safe circle. The safe circle from which you then start to take uh, time to reflect on your value system and your, your ideas and meaning. That's a great thing. Yeah. And that's something to really give a fook about. Um, try not to get lost there because <laughs> you might just sit there and be like uh... <laughs> but that's fine yeah I think that's good um, it's important but it's also great if you can articulate that yeah say so, uh, you know what I was just thinking about I was just thinking about ding to ding to ding oh really yeah I was and let that pace and that tempo perhaps flow out a little bit. Um, we, as a species, it seems, have spent millennia 
working on such slow human processes. And then we spent a couple of millennia working on quite busy, constructive yeah. things happening. So it's it's pretty important that we keep these training practices alive. Imagine staying at the same spot we're standing now 2,000 years ago. Wow. There would be no microphones. But there would be us at more or less the same level of physical and mental development. That's the odd bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Without a microphone. No, we'd just be talking. Yeah. But whether we think it was so important, maybe we'd say, oh. Solitude, man. Solitude, man. (laughs) Everything's been so busy. (laughs) What with the trees? There was this fish. I saw that fish. He looked at me. Yeah, he looked at me too. Yeah. What did we do? Did you catch him? No, he was just swimming by. Yeah. He was waving at me with his fin. He was so busy, that fish. Yeah. It's like he had stuff to do. Man. I wonder what he was doing. Hey, look at this stone. Hold on a minute. There's loads of stones around. Maybe we should move these stones. Maybe we should stand them up and write stuff on them. No, let's wait a thousand years to do that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Stone circle. Circle of safe. It's all connected. Stonehenge. It's... uh, these things are all very natural human things, um, which I think we... Uh, it's coming back to that point of just bearing in mind how important it is to feel alive. Yeah. Um, On yeah. the edge of a cliff. Or in the middle of a supermarket. Yeah. On the self-checkout. Yeah, don't... Yeah, you're as alive there as you are anywhere else. Yeah. Don't let it pass by. So, I'm going to rate solitude. Um, I'm going to say it's very important, uh, but it tapping into that has almost chilled me out a little bit too, so I'm not going to shout at anybody and say, hey man, find a quiet place, because I am aware that everybody will have their own way with this. So, I'm going to say solitude in that its description is a a safe circle for you to uh, identify and analyze your own feelings Um, I'm going to say eight because I'm also going to say leave a little bit of room to consider that everybody else might need to do it in their own way and you need to sort of make some room for other people and but mostly you need to make room for yourself because then it will be easier to make room for other people mm-hmm. hmm. yes and your quiet place could be like in the middle of New York City it could be it might be Anybody listening to this in the middle of a busy place might be like, yeah, 
I'm podcasting in a in a busy place. This is my quiet place with two Fooks babbling on <laughs> like an ancient river of Fook. About quiet places. About quiet places. Oh, the irony. Ooh. I'm going to give it a nine. Oh, oh. oh. oh thanks. <laughs> um, have you got an added extra interesting value item? Mm-hmm. Oh, you do, do you? Mm-hmm. What might that be? Google... Lens. What? Mm-hmm. What's that? I'll tell you what it is. Sit down, little little boy. I'm going to tell you a story. A ring a ding 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 ding. It's an app mm-hmm. where you can point at whatever. Mm-hmm. A box. I'm moving the mic a little bit so I can see here. I'm going to move my mic a little bit as well. Yeah. So I have a microphone box here. Yeah. Like yeah. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pointing the uh, camera towards it. Yeah. Press search and it'll find places I can buy it. Oh my goodness. Or I can point it at a written thing right written, handwritten note right i can do this and it can copy everything no yeah it can translate like if there's something <coughs> written on the screen point it at my painting point it at your painting and see what it makes with that it's these kind of things that interest me What's its associations? Art. It thinks it's seen art. Yeah. Google Lens is pretty smart. Google Lens is pretty smart. Google Lens has seen my art. Yes. It just popped up to say hello. And then it's going back down below. Okay, that's kind of interesting. So it's kind of cool. That definitely taps into some of the things we've talked about as well with kind of technology, responsive to human factors that's uh that's an interesting it one it can be useful do you know what that makes me think what makes that makes me think i <laughs> this is funny <laughs> this makes me think i write my shopping list i walk to the front desk of a supermarket facility i hold up my shopping list a google lens camera reads my shopping list and presents me with the items that i want that would be nice. Where's the where's that staff? Where's that customer experience? <laughs> Ain't there. But I got my shopping quickly. It just puts it on the yeah. self checkout register yeah. and you can just beep it in. Or you can just pay. I wonder how it is with spelling errors. If I write pajamas and put a B at the beginning and suddenly I get twelve bunches of bananas when I meant to buy pajamas. Oh, he's... Ah, now we're going to test Google Lens live. Google's probably listening to us do this as well. Hi, Google. Nice to know we're being monitored. He has written something. Uh, I can't see what Marius has written now. He's written... Pyjamas. Pyjamas. Let's see what Google Lens can make of that. Will it think he spelt wrong? 
pajamas. It has auto-corrected and is now floating the correct spelling on top of his badly written note. Google Lens. Google Lens. It's a cool app. Uh, does that leave some little room for confusion in the idea of deliberate adaptation or, 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 or error? What if you meant to call your new pop rock disco solo act pajamas? But then it would be... It wouldn't... That would be something different though. Would it, because would you're it calling really? it something else. No, but I think that's really interesting. Really, really interesting. Really? Food for thought. Um, I'm going to... I think that's great. And I think our listeners will be really intrigued by that. Um, I'm going to bring up something which is kind of related. Maybe. And we'll have to look into it a little bit. But also is related to our previous topic. And a topic we might tackle in a coming episode. But we'll have to kind of go through the levels on that one. I'm just doing a little shaky, cool hand movement, like uh, a cool person, which I am not. You are. Oh, thank you. I was so waiting for you to say that. Uh, I'm going to say that my value thing that I'm kind of aware of is uh, sign language. Hmm. Because my son at kindergarten uh, and his group are being taught sign language. Interesting. And I'm fascinated by how this little energy-filled, enthusiastic three-and-a-half-year-old suddenly focuses and communicates in this beautifully clear way with signs. Hmm. And they use it in the group when they want to give a clear message. And they've said because then everybody has to look at one another. So they have to have visual communication between one another. And then they make the signs and symbols and they all understand. Hmm. And I suddenly thought that kind of this idea of communication and human contact and nothing to do with technology, nothing to do with uh, social media but a human level of communication. Yeah. Sign language has been developed specifically as an aid to a part of uh, our development as a species and as people for... Now I haven't done my research properly because I haven't looked when sign language started to be formalized but i'm guessing it has always existed in some way in some way and may have been more prominent in pre-verbal times Uh, and maybe we underestimate how much we perhaps use things that are vaguely related to the body language stuff but the fact that now it can seem so relevant yeah. When we're all worrying about over techno- technologicalizing things and digitalizing, that this completely natural thing using the body can communicate the whole spectrum of of what we experience in a different way. I just was like, wow, this is great. Hmm. 
So I'm encouraging him and trying to figure that out. And then I learn new things and we as a family learn new things. And suddenly the youngest member in the family can do something and communicate in a way that the rest of us can't. Soon you're all going to sit at a dinner table and not talk to each other. Just it's going to be all quiet. And we'll be tasting and looking and communicating with each other on a deeper level yeah which is also interesting mm-hmm. um so you've suggested something very tech and i've suggested something low tech no tech no tech <laughs> that's right i'm no tech me <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool yeah good job good what job. are we missing out here where can people like reach out to <clears> us <throat> they can reach out via the instagram which that's is high- currently our like hotbed yeah, that's, of contact. That's high tech. That's high. Te- that's medium tech. Medium tech. Um, uh, Instagram two Fuchs. Facebook at two Fuchs with three O's. They can email us mm-hmm. as we have our big corporate co-op emails. Like, did you do it from your personal one or the two Fuchs one? Uh, the personal one. Okay, uh, but anybody can email us. Yep. At two Fuchs. Nope. Info at twofooks.com. Info at twofooks.com. And we want to thank our listeners. Oh, thank you, listeners. And there are increasing numbers. I mean, it's gradual. There's increasing numbers of listeners and there's lovely feedback. And it always seems to crop up in odd things where someone will say, oh, by the way, I listened to the podcast and do do do. For that reason, I have to mention that my mother-in-law heard us talking about the excellent restaurant, um, Sol. Sol. And she sent me a message saying, oh, by the way, it wasn't Sun or something or Silver like you thought it was. It was Sol, like to spill. Mm-hmm. And then she had to go to the website to see whether she was right. And they have an explanation of the name of the restaurant on their website that is actually a reference to a type of seaweed. Hmm. Ha! Ha! So, the two Fuchs process of Fook rating has encouraged each of our listeners to actively give a Fook about something in their busy lives and that was the whole point yeah so thank you listeners thank you listeners thank you do give a fook oh thank you marvius you're welcome until next time (gasps) 